Welcome to Bible Studies for Life for Adults. I'm Lynn Pryor, and my co-host is Chris Johnson. And Chris, it is good to be with you again today. It is a great day, Lynn, so thanks for letting me join you. Have you done anything interesting today yet other than our lifeway work? You know, I, I hate to be that, uh, that guy, but uh, <laughs> we, we have a, a, a uh, nine-month-old granddaughter who comes out and hangs out with us occasionally. And so we just kind of stop everything and do what she wants to do. So we've been clapping and dancing today. and. It's just Chris, been a great day. I think I would pay money to see you clap and dance. I think <laughs> I would love to see that. She seems to enjoy it. So <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, joining Chris and I uh, for this recording, this podcast, is Christina Zimmerman. Christina, thank you for taking the time to do this podcast with us. It is absolutely my pleasure, and I am looking forward to it. Um, just like I was going to a fair or something like that, it, uh, all right, Christina, <laughs> you're going to be disappointed, Christina. <laughs> well, Christina has told us this is her absolute very first podcast to do, and I, we and we keep assuring Christina, Chris and I still pretty much feel like novices with this too, so it's just a fun conversation, and we're glad, those of you who are listening, that you're going to join in this conversation with us today. So, Christina, thanks for joining us. Now, I'm going to save toward the end of our podcast to talk about what Christina does at Lifeway. I think it's really exciting. I'm glad she's in this role, but I'm going to save that for the end. Okay. Well, this is our final uh, session on the Ten Commandments. We've been looking at the Ten Commandments. We've uh, Sometimes we've looked at them uh, indivi an individual commandment. Other times we've looked at several together, and this is one of those we're going to look at several together. Um, but what we've tried to do is connect the Ten Commandments to uh, David and either in his writings in the Psalms or in exper experiences out of his life. So today we're, we're going to close that pattern uh, uh, after God's own heart, and we're going to look at the last three of the Ten Commandments. So in the uh, in the intro, Dr. Tony Evans talks about um, a, uh, a controlled demolition where um, explosives are placed in strategic positions um, and then a, a building comes down, hopefully like it should. Uh, uh, so we work at Lifeway and we, uh, did you guys go when the old building was uh, demolished? Oh yes, I got a good a good seat for that scene. And I, I saw it on the television. Yeah, I, I did that too. I watched it on television. Uh, and by the way, if anyone's interested, I think on YouTube you can go to Lifeway Building Implosion. Uh, I think all the networks, uh, the local news stations, there's still clips up there of this phenomenal sight of that building coming down. Wow. So since then. Uh, there was uh, one of these controlled demolitions in the Dallas area that didn't work. <laughs> the building just didn't fall like it was supposed to. They had to come back and, and, and do it later. Uh, so I, I just thought that was interesting in light of uh, our own personal experiences. But um, one of the comments, the transitions that Dr. Evans talked about was that um, for a building uh, to last and to endure, it needs structural structural integrity. It needs to be well built and solid, strong foundation. And uh, some of what we're going to talk about today 
uh, connects to that idea of having that foundational structural integrity in our lives. Sure, because, well, the last three commandments really, I think, address a lot of our integrities. We talk about, you don't steal, you don't lie, you don't covet. Uh, all based around this idea that's critical to our integrity. So we're going to actually begin in, in uh, Exodus 20, uh, verses 15 and 16, where uh, it simply says, do not steal and do not give false witness against your neighbor. And what I want us to see in this is that we're called, use this word integrity again, uh, the integrity comes out in our words, you know, the fact that we do not lie, and it comes out in our actions, the fact that we don't steal, take advantage of our neighbors. Integrity comes through those actions. Okay. What I appreciated about this verse, this uh, eighth commandment, is that it's very brief. <laughs> yeah. God said, never steal, to put it in a nutshell. So there's no, no guesswork in what he's wanting us to do. It's a basic, simple commandment that's very clear. No interpretation is required. <laughs> I love that. Good point. Good yeah. point. Do I have to explain this to you? Three words. Yeah, yes. do not steal. That's do great. Yes. And you know, these things ought to be automatic to us. Uh, it just ought to be automatic, but it's not. We have to be told you don't do these things. And there is an element of teaching and training that, that, that needs to be a part of this. It's, it's, it's interesting that just like do not murder, do not kill is, is universal across cultures, across um, uh, different uh, systems of law. Uh, this one holds up in that same vein. Uh, and this is universally known. People understand uh, this reality. It, does, it is important that we note, though, that, that we, have, we have a tendency uh, I think because of who we are and the Sid nature that's a part of our lives that uh, uh, we can't take for granted that people just know this. And uh, this is something that we need to talk about. Um, and then I think as for adults from an integrity perspective, um, I, th I think it's really clear to don't take somebody else's property, but then there's other aspects of, taking something that doesn't belong to you, uh, taking credit, taking uh, other things um, that uh, I think can make this a broader conversation for our, for our uh, groups. And Chris, and I, I think, think if we... Go ahead, Christina. I think eventually, Chris and man, that this integrity and this uh, response toward integrity becomes automatically eventually in the life of a Christian. Because as we grow and mature in our Christian walk, we tend to do things without even thinking about it. Sure. So, so we know, even though we know in our minds and God has commanded us not to steal, there's going to come a time when it's just automatic that we just not do that. That's right. And I like the fact that we're using the word integrity repeatedly here because th that helps color a little bit for me what it means to not steal, not to lie. For example, there are ways that people can not lie, but they're not necessarily telling the truth. You know what I mean? You, know, you understand what I'm saying? That, that they can say it in a way that they're not technically lying but they're not really giving you the answer that's truthful. We see that in, in uh, you see in court cases. Um, and the thing is for us to do, 
to keep this command with integrity, which means you tell the truth, you tell what needs to be heard. And that's uh, one of the things we've gone back through over and over again. Let's find ways to state the commands um, in a positive way. Tell the truth is is a, a great uh, summary of that from a positive spin as opposed to, uh, to do not lie. All right, well, let's look at the 10th commandment then. This is verse 17, Exodus 20. Do not covet your neighbor's house. Do not covet your neighbor's wife, his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And here's the, here's the positive way I would read that, Chris. You just find contentment in what God provides. You don't have to go looking at what your neighbor has. You've got contentment in everything God provides you. So isn't it interesting that in our culture, it's almost as though we have, we've kind of downplayed this one. And you will hear people in Sunday school classes say, oh, I, I covet sure. something, yeah, my neighbor's lawn, uh, things like that. It's almost as like, um, uh, I think, I think a part of, of advertising is, uh, enticing us to want something, to to desire something, uh, to want something else. So it's almost a, um, uh, it almost gets at that you you know you don't have everything you need or want. You need this too, and and um, uh, I think that plays into that whole that whole element of I think covet coveting is 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 something that we really have to guard against in our lives. Uh, if we're not careful. Yeah, and I think, Chris, what you're bringing out there is that we become dissatisfied with what we have. And that's what advertisers try to push us toward. You know, if we have a car that's uh, 10 years old, then they want us to think, well, you know, that car is rusty, it's old, and it makes loud sounds. Here's one that's much better. And so they change our focus from the satisfaction that we have in driving that old job <laughs> to wanting with, to get a new With car. no payment. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So I bought, I bought a vehicle last year. And it's got the, you know, where the radio sits. It's got the touch screen for, uh, you know, different things. Um, and uh, I really like it. It's nice. So. Uh, Ken Braddy has been on our podcast before. Ken is our boss. So last week, I got in Ken's car, which is newer than mine. His touch screen is better than mine. I mean, the, the functionality, the GPS, even the little backup camera is just better than the one I have in my truck. And I went, well, I want that. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I am dissatisfied with what I have, and I'm blaming my manager for that. But that's the heart of it. We see something else that's better than what we have, and we covet. Uh, I think a lot of a lot of car commercials you take advantage of that, and they'll uh, a neighbor will have something uh, that's better and different, and so they almost play to that in, the, in advertisements. And causes us to sin. That's right. When, we covet, when you covet something, it's an attitude. It's not actually the action yet, but that attitude is sinful, and, and that attitude of coveting can lead to other sinful acts. And I think probably some of the other uh, commandments, like lying, a sinful act, sorry, 
Yeah, Christina, that's good because of all these commandments, this is the one that gets at our attitude. Yeah. The other commandments are things other people can see in us or hear in us, like lying, stealing. Um, if we're, you know, uh, you know, worshiping other gods, or other idols, they, that can be seen or heard. Coveting can be a very secret sin. Yeah. I like That's how, go, let me just read what Tony Evans, what he wrote here in our material. He said, when you know that all you have comes from the one who loves you most, you can let go of any scheming, manipulating, lying, slandering, and maneuvering to get the head. In other words, the contentment is just living with what God has provided us. That's great. So I find it interesting that uh, we've talked about just very naturally several of the of the examples that Dr. Evans gave. We talked about automobiles. Uh, he talks about just being content. He 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 makes the case for contentment in where where we live food that we have um, and the clothes that we wear. So I think, think all of that's healthy for us. Sure. Well, what we're going to do now, let's move into Psalm 37, because what we've done throughout this study is we've looked at something out of David's life uh, that parallels one of the Ten Commandments. And sometimes it was a bad example, but we've also looked at uh, some of his writings, like his Psalms. So this time we're in th Psalm 37, just the first six verses. But let me just focus on one verse here. Verse 4. Take Good. delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Now, that gets right at that thing. Why, would, why don't we steal? Because we just look to the Lord. He gives us our heart's desires. Uh, we don't have to lie to manipulate. We don't have to covet. We just look to him. All our desire rests in God. Yeah, I think that that is a response to, uh, to the commandments to being obedient to those commandments that we just have to trust in God because when you think about it God is the owner of everything and he is able to provide everything that we need so why are we trying to get it on our own coveting and stealing and lying and doing those underhanded things to to get those things all we have to do as David said is the light in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. He, fought, he, he uses the word commit our ways to the Lord or to trust in the Lord throughout all of that. And I think that's a, a, a fitting conclusion to what we've been getting at with this session, to, that this, the way to overcome um, these, these issues of desiring something that you don't have or things that would cause you to take something that doesn't belong to you or to, or to lie or to cheat is to, uh, depend upon the Lord, trust in Him, delight in Him, uh, and I think it's it's significant that and, and that when we when we make Him our focus, He really does take care of all of these things for us, and and gives us our heart's desires from that perspective. You know, we can look at it in a negative light too. Some, sometimes negativity will cause us to do what we're supposed to do, and one of the things David said in verse two was that. Uh, he recognized that that wrongdoers will, and what they have is only for a short time. He said right. their, their power and their prosperity is short-lived, and it will just quickly wither away, just like grass that goes through the season. You know, it grows, and grass is beautiful and green in the, in the spring, 
It goes throughout the hot summer and it burns and then in the winter it dies away. And he said, that's what happens to the prosperity of those evildoers. That reminds me of Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said, um, you know, don't lay up for yourselves you know, treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy, but instead lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Those things that God provides us, uh, they last. Yeah, absolutely. Good word. So I want to, uh, um, a couple of things that I saw as I was just preparing was that there were some great questions in this study. Um, we, we, we started with talking about um, integrity. And uh, so one of the questions that I ask is, who's been a person, a, an example of personal integrity in your life? And I know when we were creating these questions, it, we immediately had conversations and started talking about those people in our lives who, who were people of integrity. And uh, th there's a follow-up to that. Why, why is it important for believers to be people of integrity? So I think those are good questions. I, I think there, uh, there will, uh, our groups will get a lot of mileage out of asking those kind of questions. That's great. Yeah. Well, it's been great and powerful for us to have this this six session study on uh, the Ten Commandments and how how David uh, lived those out, taught those things, learned from bad experiences. I hope that you, as our listeners, have enjoyed uh, this six session unit um, on uh, the life of David and the Ten Commandments. So, thank you for joining with us, and we always appreciate that. We do want to take a moment to. Um, speak directly to those of you who are group leaders uh, who have responsibilities in that area about um, uh, some of the things that Christina does. And Lynn's going to talk, Lynn's going to walk you through that. And then Christina will give a teaching tip as well. All right. Yeah. I told you at the beginning that I was going to kind of say this to the end, something I'm excited about that Christina Zimmerman is a part of. It's a Bible study resource called you literally Y O U. Now this has a, Kind of a, a relationship with Bible studies for life because you studies the same studies we're in. For instance, we've been talking about the Ten Commandments, uh, this study called um, After God's Own Heart, a fresh look at the Ten Commandments. The U curriculum is doing the exact same studies, so but it's different. So, Christina, tell us if you can in a, in a short way the what makes you so unique. Well, you first of all, is a curriculum that's developed for a multicultural audience. Right. So audience who are of a diverse nature, and it specifically ministers to the, or, or educates to the needs of people from, from just variant, various um, ethnic groups, primarily related to African Americans. <laughs> The curriculum is very simply developed. It has a magazine look and feel. We use real people on the cover. And with that, I think it has a personal attraction for, for those to which we are, are trying to reach. Uh, as Lynn said, the Bible Studies for Life is connected to you and you is connected to Bible Studies for Life. And one way they're connected is that it uses the discipleship plan, the same right. discipleship plan uh, that you are familiar with. Uh, so learners get to study the eight different areas of Christian growth on an annual basis. 
There are other features in you that are not in Bible studies for life. For example, we have a, a feature called Did You Know? And Did You Know actually presents historical facts and current trends that are related specifically to the African-American audience. And, the, and, and, uh, and other. Christina, yeah, I yes. love that feature because it's not just trivia. It's actually tied to the African-American history, but it's tied to the Bible study, specifically to the study. And I think it makes a great connection. Absolutely. And also another feature uh, that's in the U curriculum is we have daily readings. So devotionals that can be used to, um, to increase your spiritual intimacy and obedience to God. U is unique in another way. And that is, it's not only a learner curriculum, but it's also a leader guide. Right, and so everything's in one book. Everything is in one book so that uh, the teachers can have ease in, in using that. Now, what's new with, with you is that uh, just as Bible Studies for Life can use uh, additional leader resources to, to help to strengthen the teaching, now you can also use those same resources. Advanced right. Bible Study and Herschel Hobbes commentary are connected to the lessons in you as well. And the leader pack. And that's right. We have a leader pack now. So the U curriculum, from the Lifeway perspective, it's, it's sort of separate from Bible Studies for Life. But Christina is very much a part of our planning as we talk questions, as we uh, even develop the studies. She is very much a part of it. And we help her. She helps us. Uh, and it's a great relationship. And the reason I wanted our, our Bible Studies for Life listeners to know about this, you may this may be something right down your alley. You may think, you know, we're kind of an urban group. Uh, we're primarily an African-American class. Uh, we like Bible Studies for Life, but I want you to know, if you look at you, you'll have the same studies, but it's really geared for an urban African-American audience. Now, if you go to lifeway.com slash you, just Y-O-U, you can go there and you can see some more information about it. Uh, there should be a sample that's on the, the on that page right there. So you can kind of dig in and look at it. You've um, been around probably 12, 13 uh, years? Uh, 10 years, I think. Okay. But what Christina has done in the last year uh, has kicked it up three or four or five notches. It's got a great magazine look to it. But anyway, you ought to go check that out. It's at lifeway.com slash you. And um, I think you'll really like what you see there. So Christina, let me, let's just kind of turn a corner here. And why don't you share with us a, uh, just a tip for teachers? Okay, just a brief teaching tip. I know that a lot of our teaching is taking place online. And uh, I wanted to encourage teachers to, to, Continue to use a variety of teaching methods. Even though you're teaching online, or you may be using Zoom or some other uh, meeting platform, continue to use a variety of teaching methods. Consider using PowerPoint while you're teaching, if you've not already done this before. Also, videos work really well when you're teaching online. Uh, it's another level of learning, and many visual uh, users will, or visual learners will, will love this aspect of your teaching. 
There are a lot of videos at YouTube or wingclips.com. And on wingclips, there's a library that is categorized under specific things. One final tip on teaching online is consider making assignments before class. Mm, that's good. Ask one or two of your learners to make a presentation so you can get them involved. Uh, it can be a presentation on the theme of the lesson or some other feature that's in the lesson. For example, you use this did you know, ask a learner to present uh, the lesson related to did you know. Christine, I think, I think the same idea would work for all of us. Uh, occasionally, it might be good to uh, drop uh, one of our discussion questions on someone ahead of time and, yes. and say to them, hey, I want you to be prepared to respond to this question and let's see if that gets other people talking. So uh, I, I think that same idea would work with our discussion questions. Yeah, it would. Absolutely. And you never know, in the process of doing that, you give them a, a brief, short assignment, you're kind of equipping someone to possibly be a future leader of a group. I could do this, you know, because they've, they've just done it and, you know, just kind of they've waded into the waters of leading a group. Uh, that's a great idea, Christina. Thank you. Well, Christina, thank you for being with us today. Hey, you all-star status right out of the gate for your first uh, podcast. So thank you for joining us. And Lynn, thank you uh, for leading our conversation. And most importantly, we thank those of you who are listening uh, to Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. Uh, we do this for you. We have you in mind and we look forward to you joining us next week when we uh, look at a new uh, set of lessons.